0: The Church Media Podcast, episode 188, Five Game-Changing Ideas for Video Content Producers. Let's do it. This is the Church Media Podcast. The
1: definitive podcast
0: for helping you
2: create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church.
1: Exclusive interviews and church media training from, from the, the best, best minds, minds in ministry, ministry and Christian, Christian entertainment.
2: Useful practical content in the areas of audio, audio lighting, video, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. And now.
1: Broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Carl Barnhill.
0: Hello and welcome to the Church Media Podcast. Thanks for being here. As we get started today, I want to ask you this question as a church leader. What did you go into ministry for? God has called you, yes, but why? I dare say it's because you have something that burns inside of you to see people come to know Christ and make Him known, to see people saved and believers growing in their relationship with Christ. In our ministry, we want you to be doing that. So we want to be available to you to take on some of your media content needs so that you can minister to your church and your community. If you're in need of off-the-shelf, ready-to-go content, our Go Unlimited subscription plan is only $49 a month, and I want to encourage you to check that out at 1230.media forward slash go. We have a lot of churches that say, I might I might not be able to afford your custom media services, but 50 bucks a month, that I can do. So check that out, 1230.media forward slash go. We have a huge library of ready to go content for you there. Uh, and if you're looking for custom media, we serve dozens of churches with custom graphics, the sermon series designs, announcement and event slides, social media graphics, and custom video as well. So sermon, bumpers, trailers, promos, lyric videos, uh, and more. Social media videos, anything that you might need in way of video content, we can create that for you. In working with hundreds of churches around the world, our team has seen dozens of church media directors being spread too thin. I know, I've been there. Uh, And they eventually burn out from having so much work on their plates. So we've kind of designed our custom media services to allow you to offload some of that work for less than half the cost of a full-time hire. It really is a great deal for your church, and we want to be there for you. So you can get a quote on your next project today at 1230.media forward slash quote. We would love to serve you guys. All right, this week you get me for an entire episode. I'm going to be sharing with you five game-changing ideas for your video content producers. So if you create content at your church, I want to share with you a few things that I've picked up along the way, and I hope they might be of some uh, some help to you. We'll kick things off uh, with those five things and some more practical tips for you right after this. Check this
3: out. You have an audience, a community who you want to engage. You're using Facebook, Twitter, video, audio, and putting on live events. It's time to bring it all together in one place, your own branded mobile app. Think of your app as a home base for your community, the one place where they can access all of your content within seconds. You become part of their daily routine, their morning cup of coffee, their commute, their workout, People spend upwards of three hours a day using apps on their smartphones and tablets, and a staggering 89% of mobile media is consumed through apps. Subsplash serves thousands of clients whose apps are used by millions of people every day. Our award-winning and flexible app platform is trusted by a wide range of organizations, from global brands to nonprofits, startups, ministries, and everyone in between. The Subsplash platform gives you complete control over your app, share media, events, news, blogs, integrate with mobile giving, send out push notifications, and much more. We take care of the hard stuff like software updates and development so you can focus on engaging your audience. Our team of app specialists are committed to your success from app implementation to ongoing tech support and we'll walk with you every step of the way. As pioneers and leaders in the mobile space, SubSplash will publish your app on all major app stores making your content and brand incredibly accessible to millions of people on their phones, tablets, and TVs. Let's take your organization to the next level and engage the mobile generation. Hey guys, I've served on staff
0: in an international ministry that produced a daily television and radio program that broadcasted to over 98 million homes worldwide. I've also served as a content creator on two large church staffs And at the ministry I run, 90% or so of our work we do for churches is producing custom media content from scratch. Anything from sermon series artwork, slides, and graphics for screens, big and small, uh, sermon bumpers and trailers, promos, countdowns, uh, song and lyric videos. We produce a ton of custom content. All that to say, I've been creating design uh, and telling stories through video for years, and I, I still have a ton to learn. Don't Don't hear arrogance in me at all. I still have a whole lot to learn, uh, and I'm learning every day. Uh, But I want to share with you five ideas that I found beneficial in keeping myself sane while producing custom content on a daily basis, okay? So I'm going to give you just five things that we'll talk through in a little bit of detail, and I'll put a PDF together in the show notes page. For this episode, so you can check that out. That'll be at the churchmediapodcast.com forward slash one eight eight if you want to pick up that PDF. All right, number one is script is king. Now, in the filmmaking industry, really nothing moves forward on a project until the script is complete. Sure, there can be changes and tweaks along the way, but the script is always one of the first pieces to fall into place before casting, uh, before hiring crew, before production on a film begins. And I found this to be true in creating content myself. When creating any type of video, the first thing I do when I'm about to start on a project is I sketch it out. And I take any creative notes from the teaching pastor of a church uh, or a church staff, and I build a script around that content if they don't have a script already. Uh, Now, I'm pretty old school at first. I have an actual sketch pad beside my desk and I literally storyboard or I write out a rough outline for the video. And if it needs to be shot, then we move into production to shoot it. Um, But most of the time, this comes in the form of of a numbered list of text blocks. So I, I sketch everything out. I either do a kind of uh, storyboarding where I'll, I'll make boxes and kind of map out what I, what I want to see in the video, uh, or most of the time it is text blocks. So I just number it one through 10 or however many text blocks I want to use in the video. And I just write out short sentences that form a script. Uh, and then I'm going to fill in between those numbered items with footage or with different things. So it's basically a script of text blocks. So I know I'm going to have ten text blocks in this video, and it's going to say these different things. The key there is keep those sentences really, really short. Uh, the longer somebody has to read something, the more they kind of zone out. So uh, I, I map out those text blocks so I know where uh, I know what text is going to go on screen. And you can always change it or have an idea in the middle of the process to try. But if you start with the script, then you have a blueprint in which to execute from. So number one, script is king. All right. Number two is checklist. Now, checklists are something that my team has implemented over the last couple of years. And it's really helped us execute very efficiently. We have checklists for... Each project that we're working on. Now, we list out every step that a project needs to take from start to finish. And with each step, we note who on the team is responsible for each step. So, you can either do this with a physical checklist or uh, digitally, uh, and you can kind of pass off a physical checklist, or there are many project management softwares out there on the market, so you can build your own digital project checklist also. Have something that the process is clear. I'm going to go from this person; they're going to do this, and then it's passed off to this person. They do this, all the way down to um, you know delivering it to the client. Whether your client is, for us, it's a church or a ministry. For you, it might be the teaching pastor or the senior pastor, uh, whoever that might look like for you. So, knowing the clear path that a project follows from start to finish including steps for revisions, approvals, and everything in between will help you uh, or your team stay on task. So number one, script is king. Number two, use checklists. All right, here's number three for you. Organization. Spend some time creating a clear mechanism for organizing and backing up all of your project files and all of your elements that you use on a project. So in the show notes for this episode, I've written out a a blog post that maps out how I organize my project files for every project that I work on. And you can check that out at thechurchmediapodcast.com forward slash 188. We give you the link there. We link you over to that article so you can check that out, thechurchmediapodcast.com forward slash 188. You're going to click on the, the link to the pod uh, blog post um, uh, article and check out um, that article. I map out every single step of the way that I organize my project. So if that's helpful to you, um, then check that out. I'll walk through a, a little bit here for you. So on my Mac, I, I organize all my project files where I list the name of the client or uh, the church. So in this case, you could maybe you just use the name of the series that you're in or the project that you're in. And I, I, so in my case, I'm going to put the church name in all caps, and then I'm going to put a period. Now, I know I'm going to get really technical here, but um, I have a system. Um, so, uh, you know, if it's helpful to you in kind of keeping your, yourself organized, then, you know, take it. As you'd like. So, church name in all caps, period, name of the project. So, in my case, it would be First Baptist Brandon, period, and then the name of their series. So, let's say their series is Jonah, and then I put a period, and then I put dot uh, project. So, it would be name of the church, First Baptist Brandon, period, Jonah, period, project the word project. So I can easily search in my files for the name of the church. So in your instance, if you're in the name of the series, you can go right to, in your archives, you can go right to Jonah and see all the projects that you worked on on Jonah because that's the first name that you put there. That's the first uh, uh, text that you you put in when you're naming your folder, okay? So inside that project folder, I add three different folders. First one is elements. Second one is project files. The third one is I actually take the name of my folder. So First Baptist Church Brandon dot Jonah project, and then I, I put dot all caps final files. So in the project folder, there are three folders again one is elements, one is project files, and the other one is the entire name of the, of the parent folder dot final files. And that is where all the deliverables go, that folder. All right, so I'm gonna walk you through each one. So within the elements folder, I make new folders based on what is needed for that project. So for example, you have elements and then inside that one, you have key art. That's where the, the main PSD might live or the, the elements, your logos anything that you're going to use in the design it goes there so key art folder and then a footage folder this is footage that is specific to this project uh, and then fo- and then photos a photos folder and that is photos that are specific to this project so i do have one exception here i do keep several external hard drives with massive libraries of elements that I use to produce videos with. I do pull from these drives for elements, so I'm not saving the same photos or footage with every project multiple times and wasting space. So I do save the key artwork and any specialized photos, footage, or or other elements that are only related to that project in the elements folder. But if it's stock footage, if it's elements I'm going to use on other projects. I have a library of that on external hard drives that I can pull from. So there's no need to, you know, ha- have it in both places. Uh, have all your stuff on an external or somewhere else on your hard drive and then uh, and pull those elements from there and then uh, have elements and stuff specific to that project in your project folders. Okay. All right. So I've walked through elements. Now I'm going to walk through uh, pr- the the project files folder and the final files folder. Okay, so let's deal with the project files folder first. Now, this is where your actual uh, project media is stored. So this is your Premiere document or, or your, your file rather. This is your After Effects file. Any software, your InDesign or, or Photoshop, this is your uh, project. This is the the main project files that you're that you're working with. Your working files they go here. Okay. Now let's walk through your final files folder. Now this is my final delivery folder. Okay. This houses all the final deliverables that I send to clients. Okay. I literally copy this entire folder and place it on Dropbox and then send the client a Dropbox link to this folder. So this might be the case for you. So if you're doing a series, you put all your final files. This is your final design, your final bumper, your final trailer, your final promo, whatever it is, you're only the final files and I only keep the most updated version. So if you're in version five, it should only be version five in there unless you need a version four and five for a specific reason. If you need to you know, one has a a different ending or something like that. Um, But for the most part, only uh, the files in this folder are things that you're going to air or use and, and broadcast or put on your screen, okay? So I would copy this folder. I would take it over to Dropbox. I would paste the entire thing, and then I would take a link there and send it to your pastor, your campuses, whatever that looks like. So when I served at a church with five campuses, this is exactly what I did. I would drop the final files folder in a folder on Dropbox and right click, get the link, and then send an email to all campuses with that one with that one link. So that was the best way that I found it to do this and so everybody's pulling from the same link. Okay? Now, if you use a method similar to this, you can just copy your entire project folder uh, your parent folder, and you can dump it on an external hard drive as as well as your online backup. And I would recommend having both an external hard drive backup and an online backup. So when the entire project is over and done, I would even wait till the series is completely over or the project is completely over, then copy your parent folder and take that whole thing and back it up. Um, so, and then make sure your online backup gets it. So you have the backup everything involved in the project, you have it in two places. All right. I hope I didn't lose you there. Again, uh, thechurchmediapodcast.com forward slash 188. There's a blog post there with all this kind of laid out visually so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. So you can match this podcast episode with that blog article so you can, you can see visually what I mean. All right. Number four is naming final files. Now, I talked about this a little bit, but this is, pretty, this is a pretty simple tip. So if you use, now I want you to use underscore V2 or underscore V4, whatever your latest version is. I want you to name your file and then put underscore V and then the version number. Now, years ago, naming my final files would be an absolute nightmare knowing which actual version was the one that I needed to air. So have you ever named a final export, final, 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 use this one, I've been there. So I want you to have a clear method in which you name files, especially the final versions. So do you use capital letters to indicate something special? Do you you use an underscore at certain times? Do you use periods in your file names? Do you have an order in which it's named? It doesn't matter to me what what your convention system is, but be consistent. Uh, Because if somebody else comes in needs to take over or you need to pass off this work to somebody else, they need to be able to find it easily and not have to dig for it. So if you can use one method throughout, then that will save you and your team. So use what works for you, but be consistent. And it will help you search for files easily on your machine too. And it will uh, be clear to the person you're delivering your files to if they see the same naming system for each project. So if one uh, project is named one thing and then you're not consistent on the next thing. It might be a little bit confusing. So if you have one naming system that you use, that would be preferred and that will make you more efficient. Okay, so let's review for a second. Number one, script is king. Number two, use checklist. Number three, stay organized. Number four, name your final files well. And number five is review your work. Now this is another really easy tip that we tend to forget. Review your work. I can't tell you the times I have fully rendered a project and I'm about to send it for delivery only to watch it in its entirety and notice a couple of mistakes. So watch and listen to your entire, and listen, both. Watch and listen to your entire video at least one full time before sending it. Now, I probably go a little overboard on this. I watch it a couple of times all the way through before I render a final version. So I'm watching it in Premiere or After Effects. And I watch it all the way through after it's been rendered and exported. Because you don't want something to go wrong in the process like the audio mess up or something. So I'm, I'm watching it before I render it all the way through a couple of times. And then once I get it fully compressed and out the ready to go out the door, I'm watching it in quick time. I watch the entire thing in its entirety. I look for spelling mistakes, uh, audio mistakes, anything like that I try to catch before it goes out the door. So it kind of gives yourself a double check. All right, as many mistakes, even little ones like misspellings, audio glitches or jump frames, you can catch before sending final versions for delivery, will make you look more professional, more efficient, and it will also save you a lot of time in the revision process. So review your work before sending it, all of it. Now I know I didn't blow your mind with these ideas, but if you implemented at least a couple of these with each project that you produce, it will be game changing for you. These strategies will help you stay organized and efficient. And I would love to know your thoughts. This is just the way that I've done it. it it's not the right way necessarily. So I'd love to know how you do it. Um, I'd love to, to hear about it. If you want to uh, send, send me a message, you can email me, carl at 1230.media. You can reach out to us. You can put something in the Making Sunday Happen Facebook group. That would actually be the best way so that everybody can see your question and your thoughts and how you uh, do this, how you organize your files and how you um, uh, produce your content and, and deliver that content if you're a video content producer. So go join the Making Sunday Happen Facebook group and do me a favor, just tag me in there. I check that that group daily. So uh, just tag me and let me know your thoughts and and how you organize files and, and how you... Um, you know, organize and how you're efficient with your content if you're a video producer. All right. So spend spend some time planning on the front end how to accomplish these ideas. The more time you spend, or the more time you save rather, in executing a project, the more time you can spend on another project or on or on other things like ministry. So the more efficient you can be in your video content production and delivery, the more actual ministry you can do because you're not behind a desk, you're with people, okay? So again, you can download a full PDF of everything I just talked about on the show notes page for this episode at thechurchmediapodcast.com forward slash 188, thechurchmediapodcast.com episode 188. The blog post is there, the PDF is there. So please check that out. I'd love to hear from you and I'll be back in just a few minutes to wrap things up.
3: Abby Johnson is in the other room. Here. Our first order of business is to present Planned Parenthood's Employee of the Year award. Abby Johnson.
0: A fire
4: inside, you can feel this is it Abby. Way. She's our newest volunteer escort. Abby, this is Cheryl Alessandro. I'd be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. You'll actually be in charge of the abortions at your clinic? I have a chance to make a real difference.
2: No matter what you do for the rest of your life,
4: you're still
3: going to be a baby killer.
0: The only thing that's changed is you, Abby. Can you even hear yourself talk right now about these procedures? These are little babies.
4: I'm not going to apologize for doing a job that helps women in crisis. There's still a part of me that isn't sure. I know. But the one thing that all experts agree on is that at this stage, the fetus can't feel anything. Sorry to bother you, but they need an extra person in the back room. Are you free? I saw it, and it was like it was twisting and fighting for its life.
3: We commend the souls of these hundreds of children and, Lord, we pray to end abortion. I really appreciate what you've done for us. I'll
1: not forget it.
4: 22,000 abortions. How do I even comprehend that?
3: Rough day at the office. You can say that. You're making a
4: mess. A <laughs> what you What are you doing? The <laughs> it's
2: your dad and me. You are our baby from the moment of conception.
3: We are paying you to be a perfect instrument of corporate policy. We are an abortion
4: provider. I can't be a part of this anymore. Everything that they told us is a lie.
3: Don't underestimate the repercussions of this. You gotta be careful.
4: Rhonda, please, don't do this! Rhonda! Let me tell you what's gonna happen if you walk through that door.
3: Congratulations. You make an enemy of one of the most powerful organizations on the planet.
0: Hey guys, this week I also want to let you listen to an interview that I did with Ashley Bratcher, who is an actress. She's a friend of ours, an author on our blog, and she stars in the brand new movie Unplanned, which is in theaters now. She plays former Planned Parent. Hood clinic doctor, Abby Johnson. Now, the movie was surprisingly given an R rating for its graphic portrayal of abortions. And I want to encourage you, this is an R rated movie that you need to go see and support. The movie is out now. And I talked with Ashley about her role in the film and a surprising personal story related to the film and why you need to go see this one. Check this out.
2: Hey guys, with my friend Ashley Bratcher here. Ashley stars in the brand new movie, Unplanned. I just interviewed Abby Johnson, actually, who, uh, Ashley, you play in the movie. So this is opening day, opening weekend. Yes. So you're crazy everywhere. Tell us about uh, the weekend and what you guys are expecting from the film. Oh,
4: my goodness. I am just ecstatic that the day is here. It's super surreal. The response has been overwhelming. I've already had people reaching out to me saying, I can't get tickets tonight. It's sold out everywhere, which is blowing my mind yeah. uh, i don't have words i just think that god is going to surpass our wildest dreams
2: yeah so i was talking with abby about um just the, the film going everywhere and what you guys are expecting and hoping audiences will take away and uh maybe move to action steps what, what are we mm. what are we trying to get people to do can you speak to that okay
4: first thing is a conversation i don't think that anybody can walk out of this film and not need to talk about it. You're gonna to have to talk about it. There's so many thought-provoking things that happen in the film, so whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, there are different things to consider. If you're pro-life, you're gonna walk out and probably think, I'm not doing enough. I need to be doing more. If you're pro-choice, you're gonna be challenged. Your viewpoint is gonna be challenged, and you're gonna to have to ask some really hard questions, and I encourage those people to seek those answers and to, to dig really deep.
2: Are you guys expecting a lot of pro-choice people to, check out the field
4: you know what? i just read last night a really great review and it was titled pro-choice review of pro-life film and the uh said that this would challenge a pro choicer unlike any facebook debate ever
2: because <laughs> it's a story it's, yeah you know, it's, and it's
4: and different. she said she walked into it thinking that she wouldn't she totally knew where she stood she was not going to be affected she hated that she had gone and then she wept through the entire thing and walked out with some heavy convictions.
2: And I think there's so many uh, women especially that have stories that maybe they haven't sh- shared and this might be bringing some of that.
4: Oh out. yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. this film is gonna offer healing yeah. because we see Abby's transformation. Yeah. She does a 180, she facilitated 22,000 abortions. She had two of her own. Um such a heavy burden to carry and to find grace and forgiveness at the foot of the cross is such a beautiful thing and it's a great testimony
2: okay so tell me about the r rating okay all right so uh, i was talking with abby there are two scenes that you guys kind of submitted that uh they you, you said or the mpaa said you take these out we'll reduce the rating mm-hmm. so tell me about that process and how you guys were like nope you can keep them in we're gonna keep well, it rated on.
4: i hadn't anticipated that it was going to be rated r because i yeah, knew the I content of the bit. film and we never had any intention of pulling back mm-hmm. we didn't go into so. this to be gratuitous and bloody and gory yeah. uh, a lot of the mainstream media right now is just saying oh it's so bloody it's so police. i mean they're they praise Marvel movies and war movies, and they're freaking out because right. we have three scenes with blood. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. The reason they're freaking out is because it it's is human, violence. it's Hello? violent, it's human life, hu- innocent human life, yep. blood that's being shed. Yep. And But we, we didn't do it to be bloody, or it's not. It is just truthful, it's just factual. And so we had no intention of pulling back and saying, we're not gonna show that.
2: So as you've done press for the movie, mm-hmm. what kind of blowback have you gotten? Are you expecting any like, I'm not gonna be able to work no. or anything like that? Where have no. you stand personally? How have you been like, no, I am. This is where I, I stand i proud
4: of it. I just really have been transparent about my faith from the beginning. I set boundaries. I've always been authentic about where I stand on my views and I've always treated people with kindness. I don't have any uh, intention to stop doing that. People can, agree, can disagree with me, that's fine. I completely respect people with different opinions. Uh, I'm not worried about my career. I already have other offers on the table. I'm not worried about that. I know I'm gonna continue to work because I feel like God's called me to this career. And he's going to provide. So I'm not worried about that. Some of uh, the media <laughs> has started to respond. Yeah. Some of them were mainstream media. I did write Alyssa Milano an open letter uh, because she called for a boycott in Georgia of due to... Movie. No, she called uh, a boycott in Georgia for all film for all filmmakers of
2: which she's been a part
0: of. Yes, and probably continues to.
4: exactly because of the heartbeat bill that is being passed in yep. Georgia. Governor Kemp has said that if it passes the Senate, he's and the House, he's going to sign it. And she encouraged all of Hollywood to boycott Georgia if that were to happen,
2: which is where you live. Mm-hmm. So tell me how that affects you and the the community there.
4: Well, what I found so so concerning about her letter was that it was more centered on the tax incentives and how him passing this bill would be a disruption to the business, the economy of Georgia, which to me says so much about personal agenda and money. Why is it that tax incentives are a more important conversation than the sanctity of human life? Why are you going to use that as your argument to say, oh, this makes it an unsafe working environment. Yeah. Honey, I know you got a contract, but if it's an unsafe working environment, I think your attorney can get you out of an unsafe working environment. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a cop-out. And I just, I think that sh- she's not really, she, I don't think she's ever seen what happens in an abortion. So that was another reason I personally invited her to see the film. It was a, it was a sincere invitation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything insulting to Alyssa. Have you heard I, anything back? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that she'll see the film, but Hopefully who knows, she has children of her own. She has yeah. a beautiful family. I yeah. think that, she has good intentions. I don't yeah. have any ill harm towards her, so I hope she will.
2: So, uh, especially for the for Faith Films, but any film opening weekend is huge, huge, huge. Yeah. So tell me or talk to people about how important it is for us to go to the theater this weekend.
4: It is critical because opening weekend is what determines the success of a film yep. if we pack the theaters this weekend and we sell it out then Hollywood takes note they see that the film is making money more theaters pick it up because yep. you're gonna buy a popcorn and soda right and they want to sell that yep. and then they know that the film is profitable and so they're gonna play it for longer right. we do know that there are a lot of theaters that are already sold out tonight because right. of you guys it's incredible people are having a hard time finding tickets which is insane so so you might even want to pre-order your tickets if you're planning to see it this weekend and then once we succeed this weekend it'll expand next weekend and then tell all your friends and go and see it again take somebody else so
2: i checked my community and only one theater is playing it <laughs> okay uh, and so if it's not in my area what can i do can i call the theater can i go to your you have know, a funnel through your website how can i get it playing in my area if it's not
4: um, most people that I've talked to have a theater within a 30-mile radius. So that might be the extension there. But I don't know okay. how many people are willing to drive 30 miles. I know it's kind of a hike to get to a movie theater. Um, I would say if, you, if you're not getting the movie in your area by the second weekend, next weekend, then make some phone calls. Yeah. But another thing that you can do is people can go and sponsor a theater. Uh, they can buy it out. And then they can either, if it's a church, they can give it to their congregation for free, give tickets away to go see it for free. Uh, one thing that I did is I bought out a theater in honor of a pregnancy center in my hometown. So I gave all of their donors free tickets, some of my guests free tickets, and then they came and saw the movie for free because I bought out the theater. And you can do that. You can make them play it by buying out a theater. Yep.
2: Well, I haven't seen it yet where they're playing it here at I think 1.30 this yes. afternoon, something like that. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see it. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks.
1: This has been an all-access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit
0: 1230.media/training. Next week on the show, I welcome church communications strategist Adam McLaughlin and the owner of Church Banners, Kenton Waldrum. We'll be talking about their new book, Huddle Up, which is all about first impressions at your church. We believe that the worship experience starts in the parking lot. So everything you do leading into the room on Sunday matters. So I'm talking with Adam and Kenton about the key players that you need to have on your first impressions team. That's next week. Be sure to join us on Facebook. We're having a lot of fun in the Making Sunday Happen group be sure to join the conversation today and also follow 1230 media on all social platforms we would love to interact with you there you can also email me anytime if you have a question or comment about the show my email is carl at 1230 media so carl c-a-r-l at the word 12 spelled out the word 30 spelled out dot media I'll get back with you as fast as I possibly can And thank you guys for listening this week. Go out there and create some incredible experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. The Church
1: Media Podcast is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media and produced by David Michael Hyde. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com.